What's going on guys, it's your boy DJ Scanless here, and today we're going to break down some recent Snoop Dogg news involving Tupac. Let's get it. Alright guys, so this probably flew under the radar for a lot of people, however Snoop Dogg did a live video on Instagram, a live stream, with Fat Man Scoop. And on this live stream he broke down different aspects of Tupac regarding how he feels that Tupac would engage his fan base as well as the general public with everything going on now in relation to the pandemic as well as the riots. He also broke down what other rapper that he feels was closest to Tupac in terms of his energy and overall stage presence. However, I was most intrigued by this part of the live stream where he basically talks about mumble rappers and how Tupac would respond to him. Here's the clip. Being that you knew Tupac so well, what would Tupac be doing or saying if he was here today? If he was here today? First of all, these whack-ass rappers and this soft-ass cream puff shit that's going on in the industry, he would have a big voice against that. Um, sort of kind of like what I'm doing, but I just don't have time to get involved so much. But he would make it a must to abolish all of that weak shit because he's one that really understands and respects hip-hop for the culture and what it was built on and what it was built for. So he definitely would have a voice against that. And then all of this police brutality... I find this really interesting because for so many years I felt like the reason as to why rap has turned to what it has is because there's no Tupac, there's no Big E, there's no Easy e there's no Big L, Big Pun. We see this all the time, people debating of what rap would be today if those rappers were still alive. And there's so many people that, you know, basically combat that and say, oh, well, they wouldn't have much of a change. We've seen the Ice Cube saying that rap would still be the same, which I believe is complete bullshit because... Tupac has such a overall demand and such an overall presence within the market. He basically dominated hip-hop for the last two years of his life. And you can argue that he dominated in 97, 98 as well. Now, obviously, Tupac dying gave rise to the likes of Eminem, Ja Rule, DMX, as well as Nelly. But I still believe like the likes of Eminem was still shot up out of nowhere around 97, 98 as well, even if Tupac and Biggie were still alive. Now, I don't know if Jay-Z would have been as big as what he was. I also think DMX was still blew up, but I'm not too sure about Ja Rule. Since there's that whole history there of Ja Rule swagger jacking Tupac, stealing his lines and songs, stealing his concepts, his beats of his unreleased songs, as well as his song titles. But I feel like a lot of rappers will still came out, such as Nelly, DMX, and Eminem. But Tupac, right before he passed, he'll still evolving as an artist when you check out the last couple of songs that he made while live, Hell for a Hustler, All Out, and Let's Get It On. It was very different than what you hear on Machiavelli. He was very rough with his vocal tone. He had more emotion and more passion in his overall vocals than what you hear on mostly any other song that he recorded. So I still believe he was evolving as an artist and he never hit his prime. And it's so crazy that we think that Tupac was in the prime of his career. He was only 25 though. Look how many years Jay-Z and Eminem had. Over 30 years of rapping and still people think Eminem is still a great lyricist and I think that Eminem became a better lyricist later in his career as opposed to the early 2000s when you would think his prime was but we know Tupac had many movie roles on horizon you know baby boy star wars who with jada pickett smith a three strikes movie with snoop dogg possibly so Tupac was going to do a lot and he also was going to manage his own sub label under death row called machiavelli records and then there was also death row east which was going to be managed by eric b of eric b and rakim so there was rumors around that time right before Tupac passed that Death Row East and Machiavelli Records were going to sign rappers such as Mary J. Blige, Big Daddy Kane. Obviously, Tupac was still writing songs and recording songs for MC Hammer, as well as you had the debut of the Outlaws, their own album, as well as Danny Boy on Death Row. 
And there were talks also of the Wu-Tang Clan signing with Death Row Machiavelli. So I think hip-hop would have been forever changed and a lot different than the way that we see it now. Because Tupac would have spearheaded it as a manager as pushing out artists that he signed to his label. As well as having those artists appear on his albums as a way of cross-promoting his artists. So when you look at it, I think by the time the early 2000s would have came around, he would have had these artists and they would have been the vocal point of hip-hop. And I think Biggie would have also dived into the business world, acquiring maybe clothing companies, maybe doing fragrances and colognes and stuff like that, as well as maybe having some stock into an NBA team like the Brooklyn Nets, New Jersey Nets, something like that. So I think Biggie could also have had his own sub-label too around this time. So I think hip-hop would have been very different because you would have had two main big-time artists that were at the top of the hip-hop Mount Rushmore, so to speak, of the 90s. And I think they would push out artists that they could relate to and also share the same type of lyrical qualities, influential qualities as himself. And honestly, like I said, I think Eminem was still blew up with Dr. Dre and I believe they would have still found 50 Cent. However, it's hard to tell where the likes of Crooked Eye, Nipsey Hussle, the game would have been within the industry if they would have been signed to the labels that they were signed to or Tupac would have signed them as well as YG. So I definitely think by the year 2010, Biggie and Tupac would have shaped what hip-hop was going to be for the next 10, 15 years because they would have signed these artists and pushed them out. So there would have been no room for much mumble rappers or rappers that don't have lyrical content. And it's kind of crazy because people just say, oh, Tupac didn't have that impact. But I think as a businessman, him becoming a movie star as well as running a record label, I think he would have more impact than anybody on hip-hop. We see what Jay-Z does. We see what Diddy does in the business world. I think Tupac was going to be way bigger than that. So guys, how do you feel about this? Do you think that Snoop actually meant if Tupac was still alive, that these mumble rappers would never came out, that Tupac would have squashed them even before they even had the chance to grow and become musical artists, or not even give rise to them because of the way he would have transformed music himself? Or do you think he's basically saying that rappers that snitch on one another would have no place in hip-hop? Because let's be real, hip-hop in the 90s and hip-hop in the early 2000s was much more gangster than the way it was now. You didn't see rappers apologize in a week after they just started dissing each other like Drake and Meek Mill. You know, some rappers actually got shot after dissing one another. And maybe, just maybe, Snoop Dogg is actually referring to his beef with Takashi 69 If you aren't familiar with the beef, it all started with Takashi 69 of him sharing a video of himself watching a Suge Knight documentary where Suge Knight basically discusses how some gang members end up staying out of trouble by becoming informants for the police. Within that clip of that documentary, Suge actually lumps Snoop within that group, but he doesn't clearly come out and say Snoop ever ratted on anyone. And then 6ix9ine posted a video of himself watching the actual documentary as if it's like proof that other rappers in the industry ratted on others to police officers and basically became informants to stay out of trouble. And then 6ix9ine also posted a message to Snoop Dogg saying, Welcome to the family. As you can imagine, Snoop went off on Takashi and clarified the situation with Suge Knight. And Snoop went on to say, I have nothing to do with Suge Knight getting time. We had the same lawyers. This rat called me a snitch, and FYI, most likely drew up the papers. He do work for the police. Suge and me on great terms now, so if I told on him, we would never be cool. And that's a fact, clown. So maybe, just maybe, he'll talk about Takashi 6ix9ine, basically implying that if Tubac was alive, Takashi 69 won't even be in the game right now. Alright guys, so now let's break down another half of this interview. So in this half, we actually have Snoop Dogg breaking down who he thinks is the closest rapper out after Tupac's passing that was very similar in nature to him. So if you haven't been following me on my DJ Scandalous page, I recently posted a video 
that Snoop Dogg did a live interview with Batman Scoop on his Instagram. And he broke down some key facts for whether Tupac would be supportive of these riots going on, as well as Tupac's music being more relevant than ever. And he also broke down whether or not Tupac will be down with this mumble rap and how he would respond to these mumble rappers in the game right now. For this one, we're going to break down this interview clip here from Instagram, Instagram Live, where Snoop Dogg basically states that DMX is the closest rapper that we have to Tupac. Here it is. Who is the rapper to you in today's world that has the energy like Tupac? Is there any rapper that has Tupac energy? The last person that had Tupac's energy when it was 100% was DMX. He had that nigga's energy fully. Like when he was DMX, the motherfucker, when he was on stage praying and crying, when he was that thing, the whole thing, that was Tupac, the rebirth. And I seen it with my own two eyes, like performing with DMX and watching how he took over the crowd and watching how he was so passionate about his music and his people and his movement. And that is the spirit that Tupac embodied. All right, guys. So what are your thoughts on this? Do you feel like DMX is the closest that we have to Tupac in regard to stage presence as well as energy? Or do you feel like Snoop is out of pocket here and doesn't really know what the fuck he's talking about? For me, I'm kind of riding with Snoop here, even though a lot of people, you know, a lot of Pac fans hate Snoop for whatever reason, because they feel like the drama that Snoop Dogg and Pac have back in 96 is the reason as to why they feel like Snoop is a leech or a money grubber or clout chaser and stuff like that. However, I think they would have squashed their beef later on if Pac would have stayed alive. So for me as a Snoop and Pac fan, you know, I want all their music to come out together. You know, just because they have some animosity doesn't mean we can't really enjoy their music that they record together and it's just stay unreleased. That's some bullshit. So, you know, I'm going to give Snoop the benefit of the doubt here and I'm really going to listen to what he has to say. So in this, he says that DMX had his overall energy and stage presence. And I kind of agree with him. I think there was no other rapper in the game that came after him. You had The Realist, you had Casanova the Don on YouTube, and these rappers sound a lot like Tupac, but they miss that kind of passion in their voice, that energy, that stage presence where they can go from right to left on the stage and make their movements look amazing, you know, and not have their movements look so awkward. You have so many rappers that get on stage and they stay in this little proximity and they don't really move because they don't have that charismatic ability like a wrestler you know how a wrestler just gets on the mic and he can say whatever the hell he wants and he comes up with shit on the spot well Tupac was like that in his interviews he could come up with anything on the spot and sound amazing sound intelligent as well as rapping on stage he can make any movement and it becomes an iconic gesture or you see it in memes or you see it in gifs gifs or gifs or whatever the fuck it's called (laughs) you see it you know Tupac doing the crip walk and everything else And no matter what Tupac did on the stage, he did it with such class and such style. And that's something we can't take away from him. And a lot of rappers don't really have that style. Now, in terms of rapping, I think DMX was very close to because he had that that deep tone in his voice. He also had a lot of sound effects, you know, that what and the dog sound. Tupac was doing that with his music, too. You know, he had his motto saying, oh, yes. He had his motto saying, Hail Mary. He had his motto saying Black Jesus in songs. Also, in his early career, he also said Booyah a lot, as well as he had a deep tone voice, which was basically another persona. It was called a soldier persona. So songs on like Ready for Whatever, you'll hear in between the hook. It's a song of soldier story. You'll hear a whole verse in a deep tone voice, similar to what DMX used for his Damien songs. So I feel like Tupac doing that with his soldier voice, as well as maybe Humpty Hump Shock G having his own two personalities on song to song and the same song as well i feel like that kind of inspired dmx to do that damien type of persona as well on his music 
and Tuvok's character of the soldier was actually based on a father-like figure, but it necessarily wasn't his own father, it could have been anyone's father. And you'll hear that on other songs such as Representing, you'll hear it on even interludes such as Where Do We Go From Here and Something To Die For. Now another person I would put in this argument that's closest to Tupac, but I don't think he has the same energy, will be Ja Rule. And Ja Rule, he stole a lot of Tupac lines in his music, such as Nigga's Nature. He stole a lot of lines in that song, even though it was unreleased, but it was available on the Machiavelli bootlegs. So he can go in and he stole it for a couple songs on his third or fourth album, I believe it was. He also did the same thing where he will steal some of the samples that Tupac used, such as the sample for Jealous Got Me Strapped for one of his songs, as well as the same sample that Tupac used for the original Pox Life song. He basically made a song called Thug Life out of it. So Ja Rule is very well known for stealing Tupac's lines, his samples, even his song titles. As well as his overall iconic look such as not having a shirt, wearing a bandana and tying it up front instead of backwards. And also getting crosses tattooed on his back similar to Tupac and this is something 50 Cent called him out on on a Realist Killers remix that was on Resurrection. But like I said, I think DMX was the closest because he had that bravado, he had that swagger. A lot of Tupac's music definitely inspired DMX because if you look at some of the songs that DMX recorded in 1995, it doesn't sound nothing like the songs that DMX was recording after Tupac was already dead. So I feel like DMX definitely upped his style and definitely took a little bit of pieces of Tupac's style and bravado and incorporated that into his own music. And basically, he probably did it just like Ja Rule did it because they knew that a dead man can't talk to him and diss him. Now, I love DMX, and I'm not really hating on him, because DMX, if he didn't get on drugs, I think he could be a top three, top four rapper of all time, and I would put him up there with Tupac and Biggie. But as of right now, he has to be around six or seven for me, because I have Tupac, Eminem, Biggie, Nas. Then it goes to him, Big Pun, or Big L. Also, I think another key thing here is that Tupac was such an amazing actor, and he was going to do many more movies if he stayed alive. So it's kind of amazing that other rappers kind of pursued this and I think DMX had the overall acting chops to become a really significant actor such as what he did with Jet Li and Romeo Must Die as well as Cradle to the Grave. So I feel like Tupac probably inspired other rappers to find that outlet in Hollywood as well and DMX could have definitely filled that hole there that was left when Tupac passed away in terms of Hollywood. Because we also see Ice Cube, we also seen Tyrese, we also seen Ludacris, we also seen Ja Rule but I think if Tupac and Ice Cube didn't really take off when they did doing movies as well as Will Smith. I don't think that would have opened the door for other rappers to actually pursue that. So I feel like Tupac definitely inspired DMX early on in his career. And if you look at the beats on DMX's first three albums, it sounds very dark and very similar to the beats on the Machiavelli album. Alright guys, so here's DJ D-Nice breaking down this crazy wild story of Tupac in the club with Tretch for Naughty by Nature, Lisa I Left Eye Lopez, as well as former NFL wide receiver Andre Bryson. Let's get it. It's probably one of my favorite stories because this person made me feel like like I wasn't cool at all. So I was in Atlanta. Fadia, you will understand this story. You will probably appreciate it. I was in Atlanta and I was at this club called 112. No lie, I was hanging out at this club, but I went to this club with Tretch from Naughty by Nature. And I, I was at this club, and we were having a fantastic time. And then Pac was there. And Pac was there, and Andre Rising was there. And, and of course, Left Eye was there. And it was this crazy, this whole crazy vibe the entire time. Like, I saw something about Atlanta culture 
that just blew my mind. So we're at 112, and we're there. So we're in the club. DJ's playing. So I was with my cousin, Mick Boo, and Tupac is standing next to me. So Pac tapped me. He was like, yo, tap me. He was like, yo, you got some weed? I was like, nah. So I guess he tapped somebody else, and he got some weed. So he had the weed, and he tapped me. He was like, yo, you got a blunt with you? I was like, nah. So cool. Got a blunt. Got a little roll-up from somebody else. So Pac is in the club. He's rolling up. He rolled up his blunt. <laughs> lit it up. <laughs> then he tapped my arm, and he went to pass it to me. And I was like, nah, I don't smoke, man. And he looked at me. He was like. You don't hit the chronic? You don't hit the chronic? You don't hit the chronic? And they started laughing at me. And he went and he handed the blunt to my cousin, McBoo. And all Boo did was touch it with two fingers. And there was this flashlight. And there were just officers in there. And there was all these cops in there. And was like, you and you, you're the rest. So he arrested Tupac and he arrested my cousin. Well, they were arresting Tupac and they were arresting my cousin, Mick Boo. So they went into the kitchen. Not, I, I was like, we're in there. And this is how Pac was such a stand up dude. He was a stand up dude. He was in that back room at 112 and he, he was so drunk and high. He didn't even say officer. He was like, yo, Mr. Asifa, Mr. Asifa, Mr. Asifa. He didn't have anything to do with it. He was talking about my cousin Boo. And Pac just took the blame for everything. They let Boo go because he never lit up anything. And Pac was like, no, he had nothing to do with it. He had nothing to do with it. And they they just arrested Pac and they let my cousin go. Let my people go. Let my people be free. I will never, ever forget that because that was the dude that Tupac was. The way he rapped and what he rapped about, he represented represented to the fullest man i love you i miss you Pac. let's go this is kind of crazy guys because i didn't even know dj d nice even knew tupac and there's a lot of history here between lisa i left i lopez as well as tupac from what we know on the internet that the song can you get away is actually a song that tupac wrote in regard to his friendship and relationship with lisa i left i lopez from what we know from various sources is they never had a sexual relationship however they were very in tune with one another both being Geminis, and Lisa left I Lopez one as far as saying that they actually considered dating, however they didn't want something to come between their friendship. And this is the same type of relationship and friendship that Tupac had with Jada Pinkett Smith. However, the real fascinating part about the story is that Tupac, he was a G man, he went down with the ship. You know when people think of a ship and the captain going down with it, Tupac actually went down with it and he didn't take anybody with him. We see so much about rappers today, the mumble rappers, snitching on one another, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Takashi 69. Vils Takashi 69. He'll be like, yeah, man, yeah, yeah, Mr. Officer. It was that dude. It was all him. Don't take me. But you know, Pac was the real G, ready to take a rap for anybody, for any of his homies. Anyways, guys, this was a short one. I thought it was just a great story. We have more episodes on here breaking down the Snoop Dogg interview that he did with Fat Man Scoop on Instagram Live as well. And also, we're going to break down some Tupac songs. Next one is going to be Teardrops and Close Gas. Guess that might be on my DJ Scandalous page or on my Scandalous Talk page. So be on the lookout for that. This is your boy DJ Scandalous signing out. Peace out.